Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the, mor- in the world. My name is Josh, that is Vince Taglia via This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the infiltration of our social, our cultural, our institutional, and our political domains, the undermining of the United States Constitution, and the usurping of your rights, your freedoms, and your liberties here as American citizens. And we are fighting this radical agenda, this radical ideology that is trying to take foot within this country and has a good stronghold right now. And we're seeing the battle being waged on both ends. And what I mean by that is the deep state is real. If you don't understand that, you have a bureaucracy of of long-term politicians that have basically floated around Washington, D.C. with one agenda in mind, that's to get rich, get powerful, and sell out the United States of America and sell out your rights and your freedoms. And they are integrated and implemented within various different positions in government. Here's the thing. Is they're bipartisan. They're Republican and they're Democrat. And so we have the neocons, which I would call the Republican side of the deep state. And then you have the liberal left, uh, the Democratic Socialists, the commies, if you want to call that, on the left-hand side which their whole ideology has really spun in recent years to this uh, this whole different level of extremism. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, we've seen this battle of the, the neocons or the, the right-winged deep state trying to get back in tr- control, trying to get back in the power. Now, they thought that they could sneak in under Donald Trump, but that just wasn't happening. Donald Trump is a populist. He wasn't going to play that game. Um, he wasn't going to allow his administration to be the one to take America towards that fascist direction. But instead, what happened is they usurped our elections. They undermined the American people, the American voters, and they got Donald Trump out of the way by basically forming a coup and they did it together because you got to remember after january 7th nobody was discussing how the election was stolen in 2020 not even republicans nobody was no they were no longer speaking upon it and they would no longer speak upon it instead they just go out on their nightly drink patterns and have dinner together they go to their orgies all together and they have fun and they talk about how they're going to embezzle billions of us dollars away from you and give it to foreign interests that are going to send it right back into their own pockets. A great example of this, which just kind of came about today, is, is Vince, do you remember Fang Fang? Oh, yeah, Fang Fang. Right, of course. Eric Swalwell, Representative Eric Swalwell and Fang Fang. And so Fang Fang, and for anybody out there who doesn't know, was a Chinese spy working for the Chinese intelligence agencies who was basically trying to um, get good with American politicians and congressmen. And she happened to get really good with a congressman by the name of Eric Swalwell. So good that she had an affair with him while he was married with kids and then went and fundraised for him and raised him some money, a lot of money coming in from Chinese donors. And, you know, I mean, I think that's just kind of interesting because you have Diane Feinstein, who for 30 years had a Chinese spy as her driver who escorted yeah. her to various different important meetings all around the world, basically her handler. And then obviously the Joe Biden family and their, uh, 
their introductions to China over there. So Swalwell had this large investigation done by the um, House Ethics, Ethics Committee as well as the FBI, and they just basically came out and said today that he did nothing wrong that you know sleeping with a chinese spy uh, allowing that chinese spy to raise money for his campaign of which most of those funds came from chinese donors um that was all done out of the kindness of her heart and she wanted nothing in return and she wasn't coercing him in any way and so when I say that we have a one-tier justice system, this or two-tier justice system, this is what we're talking about, is that the, the House Republicans own that, they have power and control over the House. The House Ethics Committee came out and said, oh, Eric, you didn't do anything wrong. The FBI said, oh, there's nothing illegal here. And, you know, this is the same FBI that dropped three investigations in the Hillary Clinton in yeah. October of 2016, because they were afraid that she was going to win the presidency and come after them in the FBI. That was according to the John Durham report. Okay. And so in yeah. America, in American politics, we have a big problem and it's called China. It's called Chinese influence and Chinese money, which is nothing more than our money. And, you know, when we start looking at what's happening and unraveling right now, we're, we're only talking about bits and pieces that come to the surface of what is actually going on out there. You know, we get into the crimes and the complicity of Joe Biden and his family. Now they're talking about that they only have about 10 percent of the actual bank record available for Joe Biden and his family member. Just from what they know about from the Hunter Biden laptop is there's mm. probably about 10 to 20 other bank accounts for the family members. The problem is, is only three out of the 10 banks have actually answered the subpoena and gave up those documentations of which from that there's about $10 million brought into the Biden family from Chinese sources, right? right. So, they have a subpoena on the phone. They're getting the phone. The FBI is still not released these, this documentation. Uh, apparently, documentation on cr uh, criminal evidence that Joe Biden, as vice president, was doing illegal crimes with foreign, um, foreign countries. And FBI Director Ray has denied this. The Congress has given him... Um, multiple deadlines. May 3rd was the last one. They've asked to the go behind closed doors into a skiff and do this. The document is unclassified, but the FBI will not give it up. Now, here's the interesting thing is the FBI answers to Congress. So Congress is the oversight for the FBI, and they're just not giving it up. So you need some type of mechanism in there to basically force the FBI's hand. And I say just defund them, impeach Ray, and defund the FBI. Defund the whole seventh floor of the FBI. Get rid of them all. Fire the whole senior executives in the FBI. If you're just a low-level director, whatever, and below, okay, keep them. Get rid of everybody else and rebuild it. And Congress has the ability to do these types of things. But what we're seeing is these crimes are coming to the surface. Now, we've talked about this a while. This is dark delight. This is this is this is the great awakening. This is all this stuff coming to the surface. But we knew that as this stuff begins to come to the surface, that there's going to be consequences. And these consequences come about that the deep state, the cabal, whoever you want to call them, they have to fight back. They have to maintain and retain their power in source. And so they're going to go out there and they're going to perpetuate fear-mongering throughout the entire world, whether that's yeah. three, that's uh, a new pandemic, a new virus that Tedros from the World Health Organization just said yesterday is going to be far more deadlier 
the next time around. What do you mean the next time around? We haven't had a, a pandemic in this world in what? a hundred years and then all of a sudden you're saying another one's going to come within five years no it's because they're planning it and we understand this so oh yeah as we start to look at the situation here this is mm -hmm. a multiple multi-variable incredibly dynamic situation that is unfolding in the united states of america ron DeSantis today announces his candidacy for presidency <laughs> on twitter in elon musk's space so i wonder who elon musk is uh supporting in this next election um and i proposed to you a theory vince didn't i what well so yeah. there's, there's a few theories out there about ron DeSantis, and i listened to the whole twitter talk okay you did i did i listened to the oh, well, the majority of the thing after it crashed and came back up um Listen, Ron DeSantis um, is meeting with Jeb Bush and other rhinos and neocons. Yeah. Uh, he's his campaign director worked for George Soros. <laughs> so there's some red flags there. He, yeah. he put in legislation in the state of Florida that basically allows the government to come in and take your guns. Uh, and allows the government to go in there and vaccinate you without your permission. Yeah. Okay. So there's some red flags with DeSantis. I'm not going to lie on that. But, you know, Trump also did lock down the country. And he other. left it up to the governors. He did. He left it up to the governors. But when we go back to DeSantis, I just keep on thinking that this guy is playing a part. He's an actor on a stage. It's and that to. the whole point of DeSantis is to get the rhinos and the neocons behind DeSantis. Trump wins the primary. DeSantis becomes his running mate. And they just rock house yeah. when they get in. Now, I know a lot of people are like, I don't know, and, and yeah, Ron's a bad maybe. guy. Okay, okay, that's that's just one theory. Here's another theory. Ron went to Yale University. He was in the same fraternity as mm. the, the Bush family. Probably a member of Skull and Bones, don't know, potentially. So Jeb Bush being in the play there, former governor of Florida with Ron DeSantis running the campaign, failed mm -hmm. presidential candidate. Jeb Bush, by the way, also, I believe he also announced his candidacy for presidency today, too. Uh, if we go back a few months and we look at the RNC, the Republican National Committee, and the election for chairman. Now, Ronald McDaniels was behind in the polls to Mike Lindell massively, double 21 points behind Mike Lindell. Right. And she ended up winning by nine points. How does that happen? It's rigged. It's rigged. Absolutely. And so do we honestly think that Donald Trump's going to go into this primary pulling 21, 23 points ahead of DeSantis? And the establishment does not want Donald Trump. The establishment wants Ron DeSantis as the, the conservative going into the White House if that's going to happen. Because they know that they can control him for whatever reason that might be. So you could potentially see Donald Trump losing in the primary because of a rigged DNC primary. I'm saying it's a good potential. Maybe, and, man. Yeah, I, I think that, the, and what have they said? That they cannot allow Donald Trump to run for president. They cannot allow him to get that far. So he would lose the primary is one perspective. I don't think that that, uh, that can humanly possible happen. Like uh, in reality, because, without cheating? Well, well, it makes sense in reality, too. Really? Because the Republican Party has been the one saying that elections are being stolen, elections are being stolen, elections are being stolen. So when this comes in and Donald Trump goes, this was rigged on the RNC half, now it looks like he's just the boy who cried wolf. 
right? He he loses two times okay. and or three times, you know, 2022 as well. And now he's just like, oh, he's just blaming he's blaming his own party for rigging the election. Mm. You see how that that can turn around on him in the mainstream media? So I think that this is definitely um potentially the primary could be set up to be that. I, I just I'm I'm just throwing some theories out there. But we have a lot of things to get through before that any of that ever happens. The first things is the first things are that we're moving into the 2024 election. We know that the symbolism behind Donald Trump's indictment and arraignment day were a message to Donald Trump. If you didn't know about this on the indictment day in New York City with uh, A.G. Bragg or uh, the D.A. Bragg, what they did is they indicted him on the, what was it, the 42nd anniversary of the assassination attempt of Ronald Reagan. And then they arraigned him on the 55th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. So those two dates specifically were a message sent to Donald Trump. If you progress, if you can continue, we're going to put a bullet in your head. We're going to do a JFK on you and move you out of the way because we cannot afford that. And then they have DeSantis all ready to go in the meantime. Um, Donald Trump doesn't take lightly to those types of threats. Um, it, it's it's a wonder that the man's still alive today. He must have some type of uh, uh, an insurance policy on these people to where if they attempt to do something like that, it, it must be crushing and devastating to all of these politicians, the deep state and all these foreign countries. So when we start to look at what's unfolding right now is, as my theory was talking about last night, they cannot allow the election to mo move forward. So there has to be a series of events that happen between now and the election time frame that basically establish a, a precedence for Joe Biden, his emergency powers, and allows them to secure this country and formulate a full coup. If we look at what happened when Russia first went into Ukraine, what did Zelensky do? He arrested all the pro-Russian members of Congress and the parliament. Remove them. He took over the media. He nationalized the banks. And then he went and arrested all the oligarchs who disagreed with what he was doing. Basically, he eliminated all competition under the guise of a national emergency. And so we can see Joe Biden doing the same exact thing here in the United States of America, whether it's declaring martial law because of a series of terrorist events that occur. We talked about this yesterday. 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate disappears from a rail car. Now, someone said to me and they said, hey, Josh, you know, if that leaked out of the rail car, 60,000 pounds leaked of ammonium nitrate leaked out of the rail car, there would be a trail left behind. They would be able to go to the railroad tracks and look and say, okay, well, there's some tablets, or there's some, right? They'd be able to say, that's not there. As in, this stuff never got onto the train in the first place and someone stole it from the point of, of loading or someone stole it from the point of offloading or the train stopped midway and someone stole it or something else, who knows what could have been, Man. has taken this ammonium nitrate. Yeah, something happened. Something happened. But it's incredibly concerning that this ammonium nitrate has been taken. So then what happens after this? The ammonium nitrate's taken. We have a fake photo that's uploaded onto the internet, which all people started taking and spreading that an explosion happened at the Pentagon, which happens to be an AI deepfake. The same day, a, um, a American Indian, not uh, Indian Dot, not Indian Native American, 
um, gentleman, 19 years of age, rents a U-Haul with a Nazi flag in it and runs into the guard post at the White House, and they claim it on white supremacy. And just like that, The Atlantic has an article all ready to go just an hour later, how white supremacy is no longer just white people. They are recruiting all different types of people. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. We, Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay. So a, a few more things here, too, and I'll touch on this. Um, so someone sent this to me just a little while ago. We just had this happen. This was kind of breaking news, but we'll we'll talk about this. Florida man arrested at Virginia preschool had an AK-47 in his car, tons of ammunition, and said he was on his way to the CIA. This is just a few, like yeah, like a few minutes ago. His name is Eric Sandow, age 32, approached the Dolly Madison preschool around 11 a.m. and requested permission to enter the user restroom. However, his request was denied, after which he left the premises. A concerned member of the community noticed Sandow and promptly notified the police about the suspicious individual in the area. When officers located Sandow, he allegedly mentioned that he intended to speak with the CIA. The agency's headquarters is located approximately a mile away from the preschool. At the time of the encounter, Sandow did not possess any weapons, did not make any threats as confirmed by the police. Law enforcement pertained that Sandow, and they conducted a search of his vehicle, and that led to the discovery of the firearms. So, that could have been interesting. He was, oh, I'm going to talk to the CIA. He enters in a, a preschool, gets denied entry, has two AK-47s in his vehicle with ammunition. The police yeah. hit him. He goes, hey, I'm going to the CIA down the street. Sounds like a crazy guy. First of all, sounds like a crazy guy, but it could have been someone coming from the CIA. But mm -hmm. this was also interesting. Okay. Popple Catapetal, Popple Catapetal volcano just outside of Mexico City has been erupting occasionally since 1994. But over the past week, it has rumbled every day. Hundreds of thousands of people have been warned of the pending eruption of this volcano. Now, I find that interesting because someone said, hey, what if uh, that 60,000 pounds of ammonia nitrate was just going to be dumped into that volcano? It would cause a massive explosion. Probably it would cause eruption. a massive explosion. Mexico, southern parts of the United States of America would be affected. It would affect all crops in the United States for the next year. It would affect the water supply, the air quality. It would enter the guise of global warming to where they can propagate and push that agenda. It would allow Joe Biden to declare a national emergency. Gosh. Yeah. That yeah. would be something. God, so there's, there's tons of different things happening here. And as I've discussed before, we, we, we talk about something known as the firestorm event. And this is basically a color revolution that is kind of, of, segmented into various different domains of society, your social, your cultural, your institutional, your political, your academic, and then you have your supply chain, your infrastructure. We're actually going to talk about that here in a minute because exactly what we said was going on was actually going on. Uh, and then you have kind of the, the global aspect of the global economic and the global political. But right now in the United States of America, we have a debt ceiling crisis as per Janet Yellen, a catastrophe. Um, and it's really not that bad. So yes, there are consequences when the debt ceiling is not raised in the middle of the year and the government has spent all the money. And it's no wonder that the Biden administration has spent all the freaking money. But it's interesting because they're coming out and they're saying, this is the Republicans fault. This is the Republicans fault. 
listen, McCarthy's been talking about the debt ceiling since he came in as speaker. The Republicans have been talking about it since November of last year. And Nancy Pelosi didn't want to do anything with it. McCarthy comes in and all he's asking for are some cuts. Cuts to various projects that are have nothing to do with U.S. infrastructure, U.S. sustainability, or U.S. debts, right? And it's it's actually the RAINS Act. Do you know what the RAINS Act is? No. What's the RAINS Act? So they're trying to push the RAINS Act through with this debt ceiling raise. And okay. the RAINS Act is basically this, is that if any administration, DHS, FBI, um, you know, ATF, if they want to push a policy change, like how the ATF just recently pushed that policy change for bump stocks and stuff, uh, which is illegal that because it didn't go through Congress. So if they want to push a policy change, which is going to affect American citizens in the sense of arrest or cost over a hundred million dollars, the Reigns Act says that that administration has to take it to Congress and Congress has to vote on it in committee. That's actually really smart. What it does is it limits the power of the executive branch and all the administrations that go under it, but they want nothing to do with it. This is why the Democrats are pushing back on the debt ceiling because they understand what this is. So basically any change that the Biden administration makes that costs more than a hundred million dollars, they have to take through Congress for a full vote. And they're like, no. And Republicans are like, yeah, like this is called fiscal responsibility. And then what they want to do is they want to get rid of like, you know, projects for funding LGBTQ studies in the country of Turkey, like these types of things. And, and it's, it's actually really smart. Now, do, do the Republicans have any regrets or sorry, do the Democrats have any regrets? Let's listen to this. Do you have any regrets that your party did not raise the debt ceiling when it was controlled by you guys in Congress? Let's listen to this. This is Hakeem Jeffries. Do you have regrets? Do you have regrets that your party did not raise the debt ceiling when it was in the majority? Um, it's not um, my understanding that the challenge was not addressing the debt ceiling because Democrats refused to do it. Uh, but it's my understanding that Republicans in the Senate were unwilling to discuss this issue last December, perhaps because they wanted to set up a hostage-taking situation. And that's just not true because it was the Republican senators that actually brought up the talks and communications pertaining to the debt ceiling saying, hey, we need to raise this. And it was the House of Representatives that came back and pushed back and said, no, we're not going to we're not going to touch it. Yep. And so, Jean, uh, we have Corrine Jean-Pierre. Let's listen to this. This is going to get comical. Uh, she claimed yesterday that Biden had been engaged on debt ceiling negotiations for months. Let's let's listen to this. We don't see any negotiation here. We don't see uh, anything that needs to be discussed. It's pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we believe that Congress has a constitutional duty to get this done. The president's stance on uh, negotiation stance stands, right, which is he does not believe, as it relates to the debt ceiling, uh, that we should be negotiating. We've been very clear. We're not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. He never came to the table to negotiate on the debt ceiling. That was not something that occurred. That is not something that's happening. We've been very clear. We're not negotiating. 
negotiating around the debt ceiling. When you think about the debt limit, it is not negotiable. We should not be negotiating on the debt ceiling. There's no negotiation uh, that we will be having. The debt ceiling, it should be done without negotiation. There should be no negotiation. It should be done without conditions. We should not have to negotiate on this. Look, we've been very clear. We're not going to negotiate. We're just not going to negotiate on that. As the president said yesterday, he's happy to meet with Speaker McCarthy but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended. That is not negotiable, and we have been very clear about this. The president said he's happy to meet with McCarthy, but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended. That's not negotiable. He is not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. Been very clear. That is not going to change. I mean, we've been very clear. Uh, look, uh, there shouldn't be negotiations. This is not negotiable. We are not going to negotiate. There's no negotiating around the debt limit. And she just said, what, yesterday? Joe Biden's been negotiating for this for months. For <laughs> it's months. It's the Republicans' fault. Yeah. Let's listen to this soundbite of uh, Jean-Pierre. So on the debt ceiling, uh, you, know, you used words like catastrophic and, and devastating today. But the president, again, is going to Camp David this weekend and then going to Delaware. Um, if the situation is so dire, then why, why is the president? Well, I already happen? answered that question. So you have another one? I literally just answered that question. He came I'm back happy. from Japan. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Any other questions? No, that's it. Okay, great. Keep going. Go ahead. So look at that. I like. Oh, he's, he's willing to negotiate, then why is he going to Camp David? I've already answered that because he just got back from Japan. What does getting back from Japan have anything to do with it? The country is about to default on its debts. 1.3 million people will be unemployed almost immediately. The U.S. will not be able to pay the interest to its foreign debts and to the bond market, which is going to cause major banks to begin collapsing because that seems to be their only source of income. Uh, we have... Uh, overnight capitalization markets that are going to start crumbling. The stock market's going to collapse. Um, and yeah, people are like, well, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, actually, it's, it's going to be pretty bad unless they come to an agreement. Now, here's the thing. Do I believe that they should raise the debt ceiling? No, absolutely not. I think that the government should shut down. They should all go home and they should come back next year after September 31st when the new budget comes in play, right? Like, we don't need you. Send everybody home. Send the FBI home, send the ATF home, send the uh, send, send the federal judges home, send uh, everybody in Washington, D.C., Congress, Senate, send Joe Biden home, send everybody home. We don't need you. The only ones that we need is the military. And as long as you fund the military, we're good to go. Dude, you just solved the whole ordeal. I know. <laughs> you know it reminds me of COVID when COVID was happening and the government sent home all, all non-essential personnel, which happened to be like 68% of the federal government. They sent home all non-essential personnel, which is like 68% of the government. Like if 60, if you can get the same work done with 68 or with only what 22% of the, of the, the, the workforce, why do we have the other 68%? Like what's it there for? Sorry, 32%, 32% math. Damn, math. Yeah, I wasn't going to correct you close enough. You're fine. You can correct me. You can correct me anytime, Vince. All right, let's listen to what McCarthy has to say on this. Says this week we need to have a deal this week in order to avoid default. I still still believe that, yeah. And And I I still believe we have time to make an agreement and get it done. Are you confident? Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. Uh, Look, I'm confident at the end of the day that uh, if you. 
confident at the end of the day that they're going to get a deal done, that something's going to happen. Um, do you think that's going to happen by Friday, Vince? Uh, I don't think it will, and I think there's no way of him knowing if it will or not. It's not up to him. This is a bipartisan issue, right? Well, it is bipartisan because Joe Biden has to approve it, but the Republicans are going to try to shove into the Democrats' face things like the RAIN Act, things like um, you know, basically going in there and telling them that, hey, look, you know, we're going to limit what you guys can spend if we raise the debt limit. Let's say they raise it by nine trillion or by three trillion or whatever they're trying to raise it by. If we do that, you have to be fiscal responsible. You have to be frugal with the money and no erratic spending, no hundred billion dollars going to Ukraine. But it seems that every single one of them are okay with sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. Yeah, ironically enough, huh? Yep. There's still going to be plenty of money in there for corruption with this current administration. Yep. So, how long do you think that the housing market can handle a seven percent mortgage rates? Oh gosh, I don't know. Six months. Not very long. The cost to buy right now is about, on average, $2,700 a month, according to Zillow. The cost to rent is $1,850 a month. Biggest gap ever? Probably. Isn't that wild? It, it is pretty wild. And it's all because of the interest rates. And like I've said, there's there's going to be a mass downturn within the, the real estate and housing markets. We're already seeing it within the commercial markets, but primarily within the residential markets because these people are taking out these horrendous um, high interest rate loans. Most of them are doing uh, adjusted rate mortgages. So they're actually getting in at like 4.85% or they're doing buyer financing at four and a half, five percent which is good if you're going to get into that kind of thing. And you know, you're going to finance a house, you might as well buy new and go through uh, um, builder financing because that's going to help you in the long run. You can refinance with your bank when rates come down to 3% again. But for a lot of these people, they're getting into these six and a half, seven and a half percent mortgages. And what they don't realize is that that amount of interest is basically double your mortgage payment. Okay. When you add in mortgage, mortgage insurance, homeowners insurance, your taxes, your county taxes, and then your interest payment. I mean, you're doubling your mortgage. So people are going into a $2,000 mortgage and end up paying like 20 or 4,200 bucks. And most families cannot sustain that, especially when we're about to hit an economic downturn. So we're seeing this already hit home. And we know that they had the, um, um, the deferment market that occurred during COVID-19. So the banks basically deferred a lot of these loans and they just basically loaned you money, paid your mortgage, and then tacked that onto your escrow balance, which you had 24 months to pay off. Joe Biden tried to extend that, but that got denied by the Supreme Court. And the problem is, is none of those houses have gone in the foreclosure. One of the main reasons they didn't go in the foreclosure was because during COVID, the banks basically fired off all their foreclosure teams because they were downsizing during that time. And so they have to rehire all these people in, but there's also this kind of aspect that the banks are ready to consolidate. So we're not going to kick people out of, the, out of the houses just yet. So they're not really acting on these foreclosures at the moment. And we've had, a, I think it was a 285% increase in the amount of uh, houses that are going into foreclosure. And that was as of uh, like about six months ago. I don't know what the rate is at right now. But I guarantee you, within a year's time, in 2024, we're going to see those numbers skyrocket to 300 to 400 percent. 
and you're going to start seeing the market tumble. And what happens is, is as those foreclosures come about and they produce new um, or they produce houses that go onto the market that flood the market all at the same time, that's going to crash the value of the market. And people are going to begin defaulting on their loans because, I mean, why am I going to pay a $400,000 mortgage on a house that's worth $150,000? It's erroneous, right? And there's actually legal ways to get out of those mortgages when that happens. So we're about to see a massive mortgage crisis. And this could actually be spawned by what happens here. What we've talked about for a long time is the centralization of the banking power that's happening. Very similar to what happened in 1929 with the stock market crash. During the Roaring Twenties, the Federal Reserve was new, and they were pumping free, interest-free money into the government, into the central banks. Though they were pumping it into the other financial institutions, they're pumping it into the smaller banks. The smaller banks are saying, "Hey, I'm flush with cash. Farmers, people, business owners, do you need cash?" They're like, "No, we're good." They're like, "Look, I'll give it to you at zero percent interest. Just take the cash off my hands. All you have to do is put up your farm or your business for collateral." These people did that. The bankers went in there, pulled the rug out on the market, and shorted the whole market overnight, called in all those loans from the small banks who didn't have the liquidity to cover the loan coverage. They had to take in the equity, or they had to take in the collateral, and then the big banks came in and swept them all up and took the actual real tangible wealth with them. And we're seeing that same thing happen right now is all these banking crises and, and crashes that are occurring are centralizing the banking power into just a few different banks. So just last year, we had 4,380 banks in the United States, or sorry, two years ago, 4,380 banks in the United States. Now we're down to like 3,700 and they keep on closing and crashing, closing and crashing. And all that's getting bought up by these bigger banks. Well, why do they want that? Well, because you have systems like FedNow that are coming out. You have CBDC, central bank digital currencies that are coming out. And what they want to do is they want to consolidate the banking power um, as fast as possible to get American citizens basically into those six banks. Let's just call it six banks. Get them into those six banks, get them registered with that. When they implement the FedNow system, you're going to log into your bank account and it's going to come up with a little window that says, hey, in order to transfer money or pay any type of credit or debit transaction, you have to use the FedNow service. Welcome to the FedNow service. Please create your account and all your information is already going to be put in there. And all you're going to have to do is the bank's going to have it. You're going to scroll through, hit accept, scroll through, hit accept. And then it's going to say, please scan this with your phone. You're going to scan it with your phone and you're going to open it up. And it's going to say, take a picture of your face and it's going to take your biometric data and it's going to register your phone's um, MEID. And then you're going to be registered through KYC, know your customer with the FedNow system. And then down the road, when they change the laws and CBDCs come out and programmable money comes in, what they're going to do is they're going to go in there and they're going to say, hey, an update to the FedNow system. If you want to keep using the FedNow system, you have to register all your bank accounts under your FedNow account. So you have to go in there and you have to link your Chase account, your Wells Fargo account, your, your local bank account. Then they're going to say, oh, and you have to register all your anonymous crypto accounts. And you're going to have to do that. And then your 401k accounts and all your merchant accounts. And then they're going to put it all under one. And then those 87,000 IRS agents are going to go, oh, this will be pretty easy. Let's use our AI tools to sift through all your transactional data and find out where you've been spending money the last seven years. And now the IRS is going to start investigating you and doing an audit on you. That's why they needed you know, 87,000 IRS agents. But you know they're not going to investigate Hunter Biden. They're not going to investigate BLM. They're not going to investigate the companies that need investigation. And that's the sad part. Man, epic rants.
<laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's happening, so, dude. It really is. It, and this is one of the big ones for me, okay? Because with the collapse of SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, yeah, we learned that Silicon Valley Bank donors, people in that bank, had given approximately $85 billion, with a B, billion dollars to Black Lives Matter. Okay? That's a large sum of money. That's about the same amount of money that we've given into Ukraine to fight Russia. But Black Life Matters is now close to filing bankruptcy after pulling in $85 million in donations from 2020 to 2022. Their most recent disclosure show a deficit of $8.5 million over the past year. <coughs> Wait, what? They're showing recent disclosures show a deficit of $8.5 million. Nobody's, nobody is giving to black lives matter anymore probably because they were buying mansions and cars and houses and and property and, yeah, and they haven't burning. helped one freaking person no they burned every neighborhood down across the country yep <laughs> unbelievable uh tech tech layoff mania sparks two hundred thousand job cuts as new grads pursue careers on wall street one month ago we cited job recruiter who was asked if the tech Cycle uh, tech layoff cycle was over here. Response: We are definitely not done yet. This brings to the latest data that shows two hundred thousand tech jobs have been lost since the beginning of the year of twenty twenty three. According to the job tracking website layoff.fyi, one hundred ninety nine thousand forty seven jobs from seven hundred two tech firms have been slashed in the last five months. And that uh, the pace at which firms are hemorrhaging jobs every month is worsening. Now, this is interesting because uh, I actually talked about this a while back. Michael Berry, uh, the, the known investor, was talking about this. So what happened during COVID, the v remember the V-shaped recovery under Trump during COVID? Oh, we lost Vince for a second there. Look at those wide eyes. We'll get Vince back here in a second once he pops back in. Well, if you guys remember, if you guys remember during COVID, we had the V-shaped recovery. This came from yeah. a lot of the stimulus money and the PPP money that was funneled in to businesses, corporations, and the American public. So basically what they did is the American public had no money within their savings accounts because they went through it for the majority of the time that they were uh, during COVID shut down, no jobs, can't travel, can't work, these types of things. So the government gave them stimulus money. What that did is it produced an artificial stimulus within the bank accounts, the savings accounts of people who went out there and started utilizing this money in the actual markets. Well, the tech companies got stimulus money as well. This caused a hiring frenzy, which Donald Trump wanted during that time. And all these companies, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, they all started hiring people during that time because people were out of jobs and needed to get America back to work. And they also had stimulus money. So they were putting it into the system, which was sustaining itself. And now we would not be in this situation right now if you had that sustained growth. If GDP growth continued and inflation continued on track, you wouldn't even be noticing 5% inflation because GDP growth actually is a, like a, a negative bounty for that inflationary growth. As long as you have a positive GDP growth that is uh, ahead of your, your interest or your inflational growth, you're not going to have any problems with the economy. Well, we had that for a long time. And the thing is, is we had an economy that was actually progressing and making advancements and these companies were getting back on track and they were hiring hundreds of thousands of people. I think Amazon added 300,000 jobs um, just within the COVID time era and because they needed to keep up with the shipments and everything that was going on. Well, once Joe Biden came in, all of that stopped. 
the economy started taking a dump because of hyperinflation, because of the energy and the gas cuts that Joe Biden did on his first day in office with 17 executive orders. And this began crashing the economy. Well, what happened is, is that people's savings accounts went from this to this almost instantaneously because of the rising price of, of energy, gas, of food. People started to go uh, bankrupt and no longer have the money to sustain themselves. So therefore, they couldn't go out there and buy the merchandise. If you can't buy the merchandise, the products and the services from these companies, they don't need the peop excess people to produce them. So now they have to lay off and the cycle repeats over again. Now more people are laid off. No more people don't have money. And so now they can't go out and buy goods and services because the cost of living is too high. And inflation keeps increasing. So this is the cycle that actually happened. Now, it wasn't caused by Trump specifically. It was, it was caused by Joe Biden's negligence with 17 executive orders for the Green New Deal and green energy and the fight climate change. All right, man, a lot of stuff going on today. So remember, so Vince, we had been talking about this for a long time. Mm -hmm. We had the over 195 food processing, manufacturing and distribution facilities that had uh, certain fires started within them. We had oh, last year, I think, 52 um, oil and gas refineries across the United States. This year, we've had about 25 of them. Just one yesterday in Philadelphia, Gosh. oil and gas refineries. I've talked yeah. about how these were attacks on our infrastructure, most likely being done through cyber crimes. And the way that they'll do this is, let's say that at one of these food processing, manufacturing, or distribution facilities, you have these automated machines that are networked. And they have a networked computer. And then the computer basically goes in there and says, hey, this thing's going to run at 20% power. It's going to be, um, you know, it's going to run for eight hours while nobody's there. And this is the job and function that it's supposed to do. Well, you can actually get into like the, the, the firmware that operates these types of machines and you can change and adjust the parameters inside of it. Now, if a hacker was able to get into their main computer system, go into the parameters of one machine, right? And let's say they just offset certain amount of parameters by 1% each parameter, which would not show any red flags or any bells and whistles, right? They could go in there and what will happen is that that machine could actually overload or overheat or break down much, much faster than expected. And so what happens is, let's say they go in there two years ago, they do this to a whole bunch of machines, and all of a sudden, three years later, they all start starting on fire and breaking down and causing these things to burn down. This is exactly what I, I thought happened. Now, I worked in cybersecurity for quite a few years in my life, and this is one of the types of attacks that we've talked about for a long time. Well, today, Microsoft announced this. This is interesting. Volt Typhoon targets U.S. critical infrastructure with living off the land techniques. Microsoft has uncovered stealthy and targeted malicious activity focused on post-compromise credential access and network system discovery aimed at critical infrastructure organizations in the United States. The attack is carried out by Volt Typhoon, a state-sponsored actor based in China that typically focuses on espionage and information gathering. Microsoft assesses with moderate confidence that this typhoon, typhoon campaign is pursuing development of capabilities that would disrupt critical communication infrastructure between the United States and Asia region during a future crisis. Um, so Volt Typhoon has been active since mid-2021 and has targeted critical infrastructure organizations in Guam and elsewhere in the United States. In this campaign, the affected organizations span from communications, manufacturing, utility, transportation, construction, maritime, government, information technology, and education. Observed behavior suggests that the threat actors intend to perform espionage and ma maintain access without being detected for long periods of time. 
There it is. <laughs> and this is exactly what we've been saying. Yeah. So what's interesting about this is they've known about it for a while. It's just now coming out. Microsoft is the one that's releasing this. Now, just the other day, they issued 100 senators and congressmen satellite cell phones. Only 50 senators took it. But then you start looking at this release today. This got released today, and it starts to make sense that China has basically infiltrated the infrastructure of telecommunications in the United States and can shut it down at any point in any time. Don't you think it's weird that only about half the people took a sat phone? Um, I, I do, but I don't know. I don't think it was a mandatory program. Hmm. I thought I just think it's odd. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was a mandatory program, so I really don't know. Um, the largest money supply decline on record pointing to hard landing, but the Fed refuses to acknowledge U.S. M2 money supply, one-year change from April, January 1960 to April 2023. Um, you are basically at a 30, and I can show you this graph that I'm looking at right now. You can see how bad this actually is. This is the M2 money supply right here. So we went from a 26.9% positive to a negative 4.6%. I was talking about the M2 money supply and disposable income back in November of 2022 when the uh, the DPI numbers came out and how there was a $1 trillion deficit within disposable incomes. And the last time that that happened was 1934, <coughs> which is actually the prompting of the emergency banking acts in the United States. And so this is the first time that we've had the M2 money supply have that gapping within its supply since the 1930s. So we are in a crisis economically. Yeah, it's going to be a hard landing. It's going to be a hard landing. Uh, CNN ratings continue to crash following the Trump-inflicted disaster. So apparently the left is uh, no longer wants to watch CNN because they had Donald Trump on. Yeah, it's so funny. About 20 to 30% reduction in numbers, apparently. Mm -hmm. wah, wah. wah, 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 wah. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at the time here. Uh, Jim Jordan has sent a letter to the FBI demanding a J6 pipe bomber update. Get this. The FBI knows the license plate of the suspect's car, but no arrest. Former FBI assistant director. It just doesn't add up. There's just too much to work with to not know who this guy is. Now, this is the interesting part. And there is there was a lot of talk and controversy. Remember the blurry image the FBI posted of the DNC pipe bomber yeah. during the J6 stuff or the RNC pipe bomber during the J6 stuff? So yeah. the blurry image was taken off of a camera, and they basically said that the reason the image is so blur pixelated, blurry, is because they used a very low frame rate, rate camera. Okay? Now, frame rate cameras... Um, Listen, these things aren't new. Now, they're saying that they had a, um, I think it was like a one-tenth pixel framing cap, so one pixel every second or every millisecond or something like that. But whatever it was, those cameras have been not been used since the 1960s. That the camera that they took to the moon was a high, higher pixel rating or higher refresh rating, uh, um, yeah, rating than the one that they're claiming was used. And there was actually a professional that came out about six months ago, and he did an analysis on the video that the FBI was releasing to the news agencies. And what he found out is that the that this was actually manipulated, that it's not the problem with the pixelation of the image that they're using a low um, um, 
uh, baud rate or uh, pixel resolution. rate. Yeah, resolution. But instead, or frame rate, sorry. They're not using oh, a lower frame, frame rate, rate camera. But instead, what they did is they slowed it down on purpose and elongated the frames. So the FBI, when they released the video, they elongated the frames of the various frames to make it look and appear as if it was a low frame rate camera when in actuality it wasn't. And they had a clear image of them. They Why would they be covering that up? It's probably one of their paid employees. Well, you know what I found interesting? And I remember talking about this during the J6 stuff. Is that uh, John Sullivan, Jaden X, whose father is a former major general from the Air Force who is uh, involved with some nuclear incidences in the United States that we've talked about back in 2008. Yes. Also goes by the, the, the mon- moniker Jaden X. Um, that night, he was filmed outside of his hotel. Do you remember this? He was doing filming outside of his hotel. Yeah, he was actually arrested and released. Right. But after the pipe well. bomber incident, I think it was him. Now, what were they focusing on with the pipe bomber? Remember the shoes, the shoes of the pipe bomber. Jaden X had on sandals. Okay. He was outside of his hotel filming and he had sandals on. No socks and sandals. Didn't wear shoes this time. Hmm. Just saying. I would have got rid of my shoes too. (laughs) It may have been him or some other Antifa guy. I'm pretty sure it was him. Why? Why create it? Why have another operative go in there? And yeah, here's he, the thing. Go ahead. He's he's been MIA since January sixth. Yes, he has. Uh, FBI Director Ray is defying a congressional subpoena for an unclassified record alleging uh, a crime scheme involving the vo- Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national. Um, this is from Representative James Comer. If Director Ray refuses to hand it over uh, over this record, government uh, government oversight committee will begin contempt of Congress proceedings. Wow, that's major. I hope they do. I absolutely hope they do. Yeah, and that gives them this... grounds to actually remove him. And I know there's impeachment articles already filed on him. Yeah, I think we're going to see some spicy things coming up. Yep. Uh, Ron DeSantis. We talked about Ron DeSantis. Um, uh, there's a lot of polls coming out right now that are coming out about Trump and DeSantis, uh, cat turds poll. Uh, now that Ron DeSantis is announcing his bid for president today, who do you to support, uh, with 182,938 votes out there, 70.6% are voting for Donald Trump. And so there again, there is no way DeSantis can win this without cheating. And so here's another one. Trump holds a 27 point lead over DeSantis, uh, 53%, 16% from March. Um, and all these other people don't even have a, a shot in the dark. Uh, Donald Trump released a new video today. I believe it's, uh, the anti DeSantis videos. Um, you know, I, I get the hardball, but there's bigger fish to fry out there, but we'll take a look at it. Washington established politicians like to talk about how they can be just like Donald Trump. The truth? There's only one Donald Trump. Only one who gave us the largest tax cuts in history, who gave vets the health care they deserve, and stood up to China and protected your job. Only one who kept us out of endless wars while destroying our terrorist enemies. 
only one who fundamentally changed the Supreme Court, was called the most pro-life president in history, and relentlessly protected our Second Amendment rights and our borders. Why would we ever settle for Trump imposters? Make America great again. When there's only one, starting day one, who can make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. I think it's pretty funny. I, I do too, but, you know, <laughs> let's stick to the issues. I just, I'm just about the issues. But let's look at this one. The economy will be thriving under Trump. Let's watch this one right here. The Trump 47 agenda. Welcome back. U.S. consumers are still dealing with the negative impact of President Biden's economic agenda. Overall demand has now fallen to a 28-year low. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Joe Biden has been a disaster for the economy. Between his massive tax hikes, his anti-energy crusade, and his trillions of dollars in wasteful spending, Biden caused the highest inflation in almost half a century. When I'm back in the White House, I will immediately unleash energy production, slash regulations like I did just three years ago, and repeal Biden's tax hikes to get inflation down as fast as possible, and it will go quickly, so that interest rates can get back under control. I built the greatest economy in the history of the world. In fact, I did it twice when you think about it. And now we will have to do it again. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, listen. This this campaign poses an existential threat to mm. the deep state. It does. And this yeah. is why they're throwing everything that they got at it. And, and you know, another theory in the DeSantis stuff was yes. that Donald Trump it poses such a threat that what it does is is it allows all the deep staters to come out and basically get all hands on deck for what's going on so you can identify who they are. How many people are jumping trip to, uh, ship to DeSantis? Yeah. Yep. And so now we're seeing everybody's true colors. Oh, well, I'm abandoning Trump. I'm heading over to DeSantis. I mean, look at look at uh, Jenna Ellis. Did she do that? Yeah, she's DeSantis all the way. She's just a grifter. Yeah. That's all she does. She jumps on to the next political candidate who has the potential to win. And she tries to get in good with them and make some money. Traffic attorney, the Trump attorney. Uh, interesting here. A message from Jack, the uh, the former the founder of Twitter and former CEO of Twitter. He says, split the CIA, NSA, and FBI into a thousand pieces and scatter them into the wind, which is a quote from JFK. And interesting that he said that, considering that his company was financed by InQtel, a uh, yeah. an incubator ran by the Central Intelligence Agency, that he gave the FBI, CIA, and NSA tons of access to his platform while he was CEO. I mean, interesting that he's saying that now, right? Yeah, a little too late. Mm -hmm. But pretty cool to see. 
A Georgia Democrat is angry with her own party and has lashed out at colleagues on Saturday, alleging they are attempting um, to take her out. State Representative Mesha Maynor accused her own party of putting the needs of people in the country illegally over those of black American children, adding on Twitter that she is a sitting Democrat in the Georgia House Representatives and the Democrat Party establishment is looking to take her out. I'm tired of hearing certain folks in my party chant Black Lives Matter during election years, but are nowhere to be found any other year. Reports said that Maynor initially angered members of her party when she became the only Democrat in the state legislature to support the GOP-led school choice bill that was backed by Republican Governor Brian Kemp. I support parent choice because some parents have children in schools where their needs are not being met. Uh, why is nobody fighting for young black minds? Why isn't the one of the things that we're why isn't this one of the things we're fighting for? Maynard said of her fellow progressives, I actually say that you're a hypocrite. That's what I tell them directly. You're being a hypocrite. There are state lawmakers right now where their children are in schools that they're not even zoned for. They're lying about their address, state lawmakers, but they won't vote for the bill for other people. I guarantee you. Know What's that? Go ahead. They are going after her. And you know why? It's because she is, She, I think this is what happened. She got trapped in this woke ideology, but she actually cares about living a good life and education and has a little bit of common sense in her. Mm-hmm. And well, she's realizing that it's all a hoax. How come you guys are changing your tune? What's going on here? Why aren't you woke anymore? Why is the agenda changing? What? Well, Sorry, you know what? You know what's happening here is the liberals in 2024 are making more and more conservatives. Man, I didn't even realize a conservative. You're not, but welcome to the party. <laughs> Most of them aren't either. <laughs> uh, New York That's City so Mayor, yeah, New York City Mayor has asked the judge to suspend, suspend the right to shelter obligation, saying that the city can no longer house tens of thousands of migrants. I mean, come on, Eric Adams. I mean, seriously. What, you can't handle more busloads of migrants coming into your city? I thought you guys were a sanctuary city. It's a pretty racist thing to say, huh? I, I guess so. <laughs> well, and this is what happens. There's poop everywhere. The San Francisco office district, not only a ghost town, it's also covered in shit. Like... That's a real article headline. This is a real article, people. Every Everyone knows that San Francisco is the nation's largest public to toilet, requiring the city to employ six-figure poop patrol cleanup team. However, a new report from the city's comp patrollers office really puts things into poo-spective. For starters, the feces were found far more often in commercial sectors, covering approximately 50% of the street segments in key commercial areas and 30% of the citywide survey. Second, only to broken glass that can be seen in the illegal dumping section. If you're wondering about the city's fecal methodology, look no further than footnote 43 or footnote on page 43. Feces also includes bags filled with feces that are not inside trash receptacles. Feces that are spread or smeared on the street, sidewalk, and other objects, along with evaluation routes, uh, are counted. Stains that appear to be related to feces but have been cleaned are not counted. Bird droppings are excluded. As far as where most of the pee is found, Knob Hill takes the top spot, followed by Tenderloin and the Mission Districts. This is what happens when you decriminalize all drugs and, and you start giving your people um, basically free, free reign and access to drugs, right? I mean, absolutely. 
this is what's happening in where? This is what's happening in Colorado, in Denver, Colorado, San Francisco, LA. Um, you have Portland, Oregon. You have Seattle, Washington. All of these cities are are getting that exact same treatment. Yeah. Why? Because they've decriminalized basically addicts to come to their state, saying, "Hey, if you're if you're an addict, come on over to our state." We're going to take care of you. Don't worry. You can do as much drugs as possible. We'll even help you and give you, you know, all the materials that you need. Now, today, interesting enough, see if I can bring this up. Yeah. So today, interesting enough, I'm in Minnesota. And I'm about to get out of here as fast as possible. They legalized marijuana today. I heard about this. But guess what? That's not the only thing they did. Really? Listen to this. Here to celebrate Minnesota's passing of a first in the nation with the governor, by the way, on legalization of all drug paraphernalia and all drug residues. We're going to be giving access to our syringe service providers who now have no criminal barriers uh, between them and our uh, Minnesota public. We're also making sure our pharmacists can dispense as many syringes as needed for their communities and things like xylazine test strips and fentanyl test strips, all legal. We are a first in the state here in Minnesota to bring harm reduction, public health out of the criminal uh, criminal system. Much love to each of you. Now, wow. And I, he's not being sarcastic there. That's No, he, he's being 100% dead serious right there. Whoa. This is this is this is bad, okay? Yeah. So there's there's problems I see with this. Number one is um, if a drug addict is arrested on the streets, and this is probably one of the ways that the Democrats and the Republicans both for the last 30 to 40 years have mistreated this whole drug aspect, is that when someone who is using drugs is arrested for possession or paraphernalia, they should not be taken to jail. They should be taken to mandatory rehab, which costs less than the actual prisons we're sending them to. Okay? It's going to be three months instead of going there for a year to two years and cocaine possession and heroin possession. You're looking at 10-year sentences. Okay? Send them to drug rehab facilities. Right? Get them treatment facilities. This is where these people should be going. And if they don't want treatment, then they go to jail. Right? Give them the choice, the selection, the option. With this methodology, we're just going to provide you syringes. So you know what? That way you can do drugs in peace and in cleanliness. And if San Francisco is any report to this or Seattle, for instance, you have dead animals in the street with old syringes attached to them because these animals jump into trash containers to get food and they get stuck by these syringes. Not only that is what happens when a little child is walking down the street on his way to school and falls and slips onto one of these syringes with an, an HIV positive person or something that was laced with fentanyl. This is a major concern, and I don't want this in my fucking state. And Tim Waltz, yeah. you're a fucking putz. That's what I think. You're a fucking puppet putz of the fucking liberals, and you are a piece of shit. You need to be yeah. immediately. You know what I noticed too? I think that uh, with how many people are okay with weed these days, uh, I think that there's agenda. I think that there's a negative agenda behind it. Like you can see oh, just yeah. in this instance alone, they're making it, oh, weed's legal. You don't have to worry about that. When has anybody worried about weed in the last 20 years? Well, see, no, that's the no thing is you're using shit. that weed agenda to push all the other shit. Yeah. Yep. 
So that's that's how Colorado happened. We had rec, rec weed in 2015, and then right after yeah. that, we have magic mushrooms, a decriminalization of needles and paraphernalia, and and hey, just let anybody do any drug in California. Do any drug you want. We don't really give a shit. Have fun. Decriminalize it all. See, that's where the federal government should step into stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But that's where also laws need to change. Instead of sending these people to prison, you're sending them to treatment facilities, or at least giving them the option to. I agree. Talking about government oversight and uh, stuff of that nature, federal court deals a blow to the ATF pistol brace rule ahead of gun accessory registration deadline. Gun rights groups argued that the ATF lacked the authority to force millions of gun owners to register their weapons equipped with stabilizing braces. And a federal appeals court has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from fully enforcing the new regulations on pistols. This is the same ATF that was basically went to the manufacturers of these gun braces got the records of who they sold it to and distributed to and started showing up at these people's houses, telling them to hand them over. And this came about not through Congress by passing a new law, but just ATF going in there and changing a rule and making you a criminal overnight over 9 million Americans. Unfreaking believable. Our second amendment. That's how they're going to take our second amendment is through that. And, And the rains act, by the way, stops that from actually happening. So that bill right there, that whole thing with the ATF would have been stopped through the Reigns Act. It would have had to have gone to committee, been voted and approved upon, and then had to been approved upon by Congress. Right. Wow. Yep. Uh, France, illegal immigrants must be forced to leave France, according to uh, a minister. A senior minister within France's government has said that illegal migrants in the country must be forced to leave. Bruno Le Marie, France's minister of finance, um, has said that the country must force illegal migrants to leave the country and that Macron administration cannot lax in the dealings with the issue. It comes in the resurging migrant crisis becomes ever-growing problem in Europe with even some progressive officials on the continent coming around to the implementation of the border strengthening measures while others cons- continue to push for mass migration. Um, and, and this is, you're seeing the crime run rampant in the streets of 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 Eng- of London of Paris it's it's a nightmare and so they're having a migrant crisis as well why because that's one of the aspects of the color, color revolution is you let you let in impoverished people illegally that flood your cities and now you have crime and you have drugs and you have destabilization within your social and cultural centers Uh, Chinese scientists war game hypersonic strike on U.S. carrier group in the South China Sea. Military planners concluded that the Gerald R. Ford and its fleet could be destroyed with certainty in rare published report. The researchers said 24 hypersonic anti-ship missiles were used to sink the U.S. Navy's newest carrier and its group in 20-minute simulated battles. Now, does that sound like a trading partner that you should be selling your land to, your farms to, and your debt bonds to? I mean, come on. They're going to screw you over in the end. Absolutely. Not even screw you over. Destroy they're, you. They're going to destroy you. That's their whole motive. They are practicing on how to destroy you, quite literally. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's sell them from the land over by the military base. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll give, them, we'll give them a whole bunch of farmland. Hey, uh, China's going to buy some of our debt. Maybe we should make that only for American corporations and American citizens. That's what I'm saying. Nobody but American citizens and American corporations can own and buy American land. 
And if you're a corporation, you can only own a certain percentage of land. And that should be topped off and limited. That's my thoughts and theories on this. And if you're a multi-billionaire philanthropist, you should be fucking limited. And everybody should be issued an acre of land. They have more than enough land. Yeah. Billions of acres of land in this country. And they have more than enough land to issue every single American right now an acre of land. In the American forest. That'd be awesome. Uh, and, and here we go. Right here. I guess I was talking about land a little too soon. This is Gordon Chang. No American may buy land in China. So why do we allow Chinese nationals to buy land in, among other places, Florida? And this is Jessica Weiss. Chinese immigrants sue Florida over unconstitutional discriminatory law banning them from buying land. Yeah. And you know what? You can't buy land in Mexico. Did you know that any land yeah. that if you're an American, you go to buy land in Mexico, you're actually renting the land? Uh, if you're if you go to buy land in Mexico, you're actually renting the land. Yeah, you're actually renting that. the land from the Mexican government. Oh yeah. Yep. So what happened in Hong Kong? Hong Kong Chief Executive John Lee said police will investigate suspicious applications from pe from people seeking to withdraw from the city's organ donation system, condemning the alleged attempt to damage the program as shameful. The city's organ donation registration system received nearly 5,800 withdrawal applications in the five months since December when the government raised the possibility of establishing an organ transplant mutual assistance program with mainland China. More than half of the withdrawal applications were found to be invalid, either as duplicate applications or coming from people who had never opted in. At a regular media briefing Tuesday, Lee pointed to those who withdrew their applications without ever registering, calling, or more suspicious. I severely condemn those who attempt to cause damage to this noble system, which saves lives through organ donations. What do you think? Bullshit. This is about? Yeah. Listen, if you if you have a driver's license that says that you're an organ donor, guess what? No offense, you're an idiot. Ooh. Okay, stop it. Go and change that immediately, and not become an organ donor. Why? Because firstly, who's profiting from your organs? Big pharma, maybe. I don't know hospitals big pharma mm -hmm. not your family if you die and your heart's still good and they give it to somebody and they charge that person eighty five thousand dollars for that heart your family sees none of that okay secondly in china and asia and those types of areas that actually goes into the organ harvesting market which is a secondary market on the black market which is a multi-billion dollar market each year and so they're selling your organs people that's what they're doing. They're selling your freaking organs for profit. And people are like, yeah, I'll just sign it away. I'm not using it anymore. Well, guess what? That's a piece of who you are, a piece of what you are. I wouldn't be getting rid of it. Plus, let's say that you get injured and you're in a coma or you need, let's say you need a heart and you're uh, in a hospital and then there's a doctor in the next hospital room and they need lungs and you're just a janitor at an airport or something, mm -hmm. you think they're going to use his organs to save you or your organs to save him? Exactly. That's the decision a doctor is going to have to make. Yep. So Gordon Chang, again, there's only one way the CCP can possibly survive the crisis about to hit. And he's talking about the economic crisis that's about to hit China, and that's start a war. Yep, I agree. So this is interesting. So Belgorod is, um, so Ukrainian terrorists went over into Russia with U.S. armored vehicles 
into uh, Belgorod. And now we're seeing the propaganda arm come out of uh, Ukraine here. Russia is weaker than ever before. If pro-Ukrainian groups continue liberating Russia, we will be in Moscow in less than six months. Um, yeah, so no, because that's wow. not what happened. What well, actually happened is, uh, what's that? There's there's another graph there that's absolutely hilarious. If you scroll down a bit, I don't want to know your thoughts on that one, but oh. what actually happened here? The free world must also consider a full-scale invasion to carve Russia into smaller democratic states that submit to the NATO will. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is so silly. Ukraine is so strong. <laughs> now, what's interesting is Ukraine is Nazis. We have the Azov Italians. We have the Nazi influence, right? And we've seen this, and we, we actually know that this has happened. Russia has talked about the denazification of Ukraine. Now, I've been on a few of the Twitter spaces on Mario's rooms where we had the former Ministry of Infrastructure uh, of Ukraine that I've been on with him. Um, I don't I don't necessarily respect the guy, but he does have some, some knowledge. I think he's just a propagandist. But one of the things that he was saying is that Russia wants to take in all of the old Soviet Union states back in and recreate their empire. Like this has been a goal of Russia in the sense of nationalism for a very long time. Now, I posted this. This is Major General Lapin, um, who was the senior military officer leading the operation to eliminate the Ukrainian ter uh, terrorists in Belgorod. Okay? Now, I'm going to play a video, and I want everybody to pay attention to this video and tell me what you see specifically that stands out here. This is the Major General right here. I'm going to blow this up. Get up, get up! Nope. Do you see his right arm right there? He's got he's got a patch on his right arm. He's got a red patch on his right arm. You notice how they, they change views? What what is that red? That looks that looks eerily familiar. Oh. Yeah, it's the Cameron <coughs> Sickle. Oh my goodness, isn't that the Soviet patch? That's exactly what it is. It's the Soviet patch. So there might actually be some truth to that, that Russia is wanting to do that. When you have major generals in the Russian military that are still wearing their Soviet patch, you got to wonder where their allegiance actually lays. Wow, that's something. Uh, three scientists working on Russia's hypersonic missile program have been charged with treason. Um, so... The warning was part of an open letter written by the colleagues of three scientists working for Russia's hypersonic missiles who were recently hit with charges of treason. The scientists involved were all employees of the Krishnavik Institute of Theoretical and Applied Mechanics in Siberia and were detained on suspicion of high treason. The letter's authors maintained that the men are innocent and that their economic achievements are honorable. Um, they're, they're not really stating uh, what happened here. But potentially, Russia is very, very cautious in the sense of espionage and how things leak. And so if these people were like, if they did like a Bob Lazar, they went home and told their wife, yeah, this is what I'm doing, you're going to get smacked with that. Because what after what happened with the, the collapse of the Soviet Union in the 1990s and the mass infiltration of U.S. intelligence within Russia, even infiltrating the KGB at times, they have taken wide precautions to make sure that that doesn't happen again. 
<laughs> All right. How to destroy a band. I, is this real? This North Face one? I'm pretty sure, dude. How to destroy a band, a brand, in three seconds. Hi, it's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. This tour has everything. Hiking, community, art, lesbians, lesbians making art. Last year, we gay saw shade across the nation and celebrated pride across the nation with hundreds of you across the nation. This year, we're back, back, back again with two new stops. Atlanta, GA. Why? <laughs> because you're there. In Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. Dude, so this is pretty crazy because... Um, yeah, it's almost unbelievable. Well, I... I I, I don't think North Face really did that, but it, it, did. it was interesting because Miller Coors actually had a, trans, a trans spokesperson quite a few months ago, but nobody picked it up. And now they're dominating over Bud Light and they're coming out with all pro-American stuff. Um, yeah. Target is is getting backlash massively. Last week, the Target CEO was on a podcast where he said, no, we embrace this and we, this is the way the country's headed. So this is the way to go. Yesterday or today, they removed all this LGBTQ trans merchandise from their floor. Well, I heard they actually just moved it to the back and that you could still get it, but they moved it from that display. From what I've seen is they've removed it completely. And, and you know, here's the thing is the backlash that's coming after these people. Yeah. Is that we're showing them that we're not the minority. We are actually the majority. And this is the scary thing because now if you go even on TikTok, what you're seeing is uh, there is this one video on TikTok with uh, this trans guy saying the definition of a lesbian is not to uh, a, a, a cis woman and two cis women who love each other, but instead oh. it can be a, a bottom. It can be a, uh, it can be a trans woman and so these lesbians all over TikTok are jumping in going, uh-uh, dude, no, sorry. No, we did not let you <laughs> into our little group for you to redefine what you think a lesbian is. And they're absolutely right. just demolishing these people. And right. now guess what? All these all these gay and tra uh, gay lesbian trans uh, people, all these other ones who are disagreeing with what they're doing, I'm seeing videos all over TikTok of lefties who are against the indoctrination in the school yeah. who are coming out against all this stuff. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely amazing what's actually happening right now because people are waking up en masse. Yep, absolutely. Madness. The madness is becoming apparent even to uh, lefties. Yep. Um, are WHO climate lockdowns coming? I believe so. We had Tedros the other day saying that another pandemic is inbound and we also have to fight climate change. Uh, the World Economic Forum, as well as the United Nations and the WHO have all said that during the lockdowns, this was one of the best times for humanity on this planet because we reduced our carbon emissions by almost 20% on this planet. If we could do something like that all the time, then this world would be a better place. And so we can see something like that happening very, very shortly. Asia water, energy supplies at risk um, uh, as climate woes mount. Um, U.S. water supply is at risk as well. There's massive climate propaganda being pushed out there, and water is the next war, and I'm telling you, it is coming. Um, I'm running out of time here. 
this was interesting. Was this uh, we played this one yes last night? The Mojave Triangle UAP, right? Yeah, same right. One. It's a new one. Same. Oh, it's the same one. Okay, so we talked about this here last night. The Triangle UAP at Twenty Nine Palms, filmed by uh, Fifty Marines that were observing it. This one that I just saw today was quite interesting. This was uh, an article that came out today in the Daily Mail. 2018 image taken from a cell phone of a pilot of an F-18 off the east coast of the United States. The Pentagon tried to claim that this was a balloon um, used in suspending GPS units. Uh, I find it interesting that the Pentagon believes that a military pilot would not be able to distinguish between a balloon and an intelligently controlled aircraft. And so here's the two images. You see the image right there. That's from his cell phone of the pilot. And that's kind of what the, uh, the object looks like. And these are leaking out all over the place now. And the reason that they're leaking out is because these people that were involved in these UAP programs for the last 20 years that worked with Bob Bigelow's company, NIDS, all these that were friends with Luis Alessandro are now retiring. And before they're retiring, they're trying to get all these documents declassified and then telling Luis and all these guys, hey, go look at this, go look at this, or they're just leaking it because Congress came out and said that if you took part in a black budget project that was hiding this type of technology or researching this, that's illegal because black budget projects are not authorized by Congress. So you need to come forward. So we're seeing a lot of this stuff come forth now, guys. So this is pretty cool. The X-Pen X2 is a fifth generation fully electric flying car. The vehicle has eight propellers and eight electric motors that can send it to the heights of around a thousand meters and speeds up to a 130 kilometers. I think the biggest problem that they were having with these things was the battery duration, right? Battery? Battery duration is, is how to get the uh, the batteries to last longer than 20 minutes. I'm not sure, but I do know all the big cities want them, and they want efficient ones, and they probably are going to implement something like Uber. Yep. And fly around uh, yeah, crazy cities like that. So drone technology has taken off into this. Uh, scientists making the AirGen device have discovered in a, uh, that any material can be used to generate electricity from the air. We've known this for a long time. Scientists have invented a device that can continuously generate electricity from thin air, offering a glimpse of a possible sustainable energy source that can be made of almost any material that runs on ambient humidity and that surrounds all of us. According to a new report, the novel air generator or AirGen is made from materials with holes that are under 100 nanometers in length, which is a scale thousand, uh, thousand times smaller than the human hair. The design can pull electricity from water droplets in the air for much longer periods than previous concepts. Um, interesting. So we've talked about the static fields before and fringe and other shows, but this is real technology that's coming out right now. I don't know how advanced it's going to, you know, how advanced it is or how advanced it's going to be here in the near future, but it's happening. And, Man, if you guys got some free energy devices, let's talk about it. We're going to have to do a lot of those talks on uh, the Project Insomniac when I start doing that show. I wanted to go ahead and give a shout-out to um, to Shannon1313, Seven Lemons on DLive. Thank you so much, Shannon1313. Slumdog, gift of the can. Hold the line on the debt ceiling. I agree, Slumdog. Thank you so much there. Uh, Georgia Vixen celebrating a three-month subscription streak. Thank you so much, Georgia Vixen. Patriot of Pisces, one ice cream and one lemon. Thank you so much, Patriot of Pisces. X Grits X donated one ice cream. Thank you so much, X Grits X. Shannon thirteen thirteen five lemons. U Town three six nine two lemons. Love the beach two ice cream. Thank you so much, Shannon thirteen thirteen. U Town three six nine and love the beach. Uh, Sammy D one nine seven zero donated one diamond. Thank you so much, Sammy. Gump. Gump Supporter Plus on Rumble. Guys, you can now subscribe to us on Rumble. If you go down there, they do a Rumble ramp. You can now support us 
every month just by going down there and subscribing. Thank you so much, Gump, for being a supporter. I'm finally leaving this radical state of Michigan and heading to somewhat of a constitutional state of Ohio. Congratulations, Gump, man. I'm glad you're getting out there. RPG3573 donated two ice cream and Grismo73 lemons. Thank you so much, Grismo7 and RPG3573. Thank you, everybody, for taking part in the Battle of the Streams, which helps support everything that we do here at the Red Pill Project, support everything that we have going on. Don't forget, you can go on over to the socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com. That's our social networking platform, completely private. Go on over there. You can help support us with a subscription over there if you choose, or as well, just join for a free profile every Thursday night. We have a uh, After Dark Q&A with myself that is subscription-based. You just need one of the lowest subscriptions that you can get on there, but it does help support everything we do there. If you guys are looking to support us in any other ways, means, or shapes, or forms, go on over to redpills.tv, redpills.tv, R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S.tv. That is our primary website. At the top there, you're going to find ways to do donate to us from Cash App to uh, cryptocurrency, and if you just click on the Sponsors link, you're going to find everything that you can Go out there, purchase, utilize in your own life that helps support us here at the Red Pill Project, including Dr. Kirk Elliott, Gold and Silver. Get those IRAs, those 401ks transferred over to Gold and Silver today. Dr. Kirk Elliott's team is absolutely amazing. I've been working with them. Multiple people in the Red Pill Project have been working with them, and they do a fantastic job getting you the gold and silver that you need shipped directly to your house or getting it into an IRA and um, you know getting you all set up with all that. So check them out, getgoldtoday.com. Guys, this was a great show tonight. We, we covered a lot of information. I don't think I've stopped talking. My voice actually hurts from tonight, but it was well worth it. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. Have a great night. We'll be back with you tomorrow night with another episode of the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Take care. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me I patched the game. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.